Robert William Fisher, born on April 13, 1961, is an American fugitive who is sought after for the alleged murder of his family and the subsequent destruction of their residence in Scottsdale, Arizona, on April 10, 2001. Fisher had a diverse professional background, having served in the United States Navy and worked as both a firefighter and in the medical field. He tied the knot with Mary Cooper in 1987, and together they had two children, Bobby and Brittany. However, their family life was plagued by hardships. Fisher was characterized as exhibiting cruel and controlling behavior towards his family, with multiple reports detailing his disturbing and violent actions. He was known to have been unfaithful to his wife on at least one occasion. The separation of Fisher's own parents when he was 15 is believed to have contributed to the challenges he faced later on. Tragedy struck on April 10, 2001, when an explosion tore through the Fisher family's residence. Inside, the lifeless bodies of Fisher's wife and two children were discovered. They had been brutally killed, with their throats slit, and Mary had also been shot in the back of her head. Fisher was nowhere to be found, and law enforcement identified him as the sole suspect in the homicides. On April 20th, Mary's car was found in a forest near Young, Arizona. The ultimate fate of Robert Fisher remains unknown. On June 29, 2002, the FBI added him to their prestigious 10 Most Wanted list, designating him as the 475th fugitive. However, on November 3, 2021, Fisher was removed from the FBI's Most Wanted Fugitives list. Despite this removal from the top 10 list, Fisher remains a wanted fugitive. Early life born on April 13, 1961, in Brooklyn, New York City, Robert William Fisher came into this world. His father, William Fisher, worked as a banker, while his mother, Jan Howell, played the role of a devoted mother. Together they raised three children, Robert and his two sisters. However, when Robert reached the age of 15 in 1976, his parents decided to end their marriage. Following the divorce, Robert and his sisters relocated to Arizona to live with their father. They all enrolled in Saguaro High School in Tucson, Arizona. The separation of his parents had a profound impact on Robert, causing lasting effects that reverberated through his life, as shared by his friends and relatives. A close friend from high school described him as harboring deep bitterness towards the divorce. It is said that Fisher frequently mentioned his parents' breakup to his colleagues at Mayo Clinic Hospital around the time of the murders. On one occasion, he even confided in a co-worker, expressing the belief that his life would have taken a different course had Jan not left the family. Adult life Fisher joined the United States Navy with aspirations of becoming a SEAL, but his attempts were unsuccessful. He had a deep passion for outdoor activities like hunting and fishing. After sustaining a back injury, Fisher was compelled to retire from his firefighting career in California. Subsequently, he relocated his family to Arizona and pursued a new path in the medical field, working as a surgical catheter technician and respiratory therapist. During the late 1980s, Fisher briefly worked as a weed sprayer. Those who employed him described him as a quiet man who suffered from severe back pain but was dedicated to his job. At the time of the murders, Fisher held a position as a surgical technician at a Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale. In 1987, Fisher married Mary Cooper. However, he exhibited cruel and controlling behavior towards his family, earning a reputation as a control freak. The couple frequently argued about matters related to sex and finances, leading Mary to take a job she referred to as a security fund among her friends. 
On one occasion, Fisher turned a garden hose on Mary as a punishment for what he perceived as her speaking out of turn. He was embarrassed by his son Bobby's disinterest in hunting and fishing, and he once tried to teach both Bobby and daughter Brittany how to swim by throwing them off a boat, causing distress and fear. Despite these actions, Fisher tried to maintain an image as a devoted family man. However, he imposed strict rules on their home, allowing only white-painted walls and a limited number of pictures. Mary's friend, Kimberly Sue Davidson, revealed that Fisher prevented Mary from displaying special items like quilts, insisting they be stored away. Fisher repeatedly urged her to get rid of such possessions. Despite his efforts to portray himself as a family-oriented person, his controlling behavior was evident. According to Mary's mother, Ginny Cooper, Fisher avoided socializing with extended family due to his fear of getting close to people and losing them. Fisher's own mother, Jan, disclosed to investigators that she had been a subservient wife who didn't confront Fisher's father. Jan noticed similar dynamics in Fisher's marriage to Mary and expressed her concerns to her daughter-in-law. A close friend of Fisher also remarked on the resemblance between Fisher's current family and the dynamics of his upbringing. Fisher had been an avid outdoorsman and hunter since his early adulthood. However, friends began to observe disturbing behavior during hunting trips and other outdoor activities. In one instance, after killing an elk, Fisher smeared its blood on his face, displaying unsettling conduct. On another occasion, he startled a family during a picnic by firing his gun into the air. Several years prior to the deaths of his wife and children, Fisher shot a stray pit bull, claiming it attacked his Labrador retriever. However, the police suspected that Fisher orchestrated the encounter to justify shooting the dog. Although Fisher had actively participated in the men's ministry at Scottsdale Baptist Church, he gradually withdrew from church activities a few months before the murders, in contrast to Mary's continued involvement. Some of Fisher's friends recalled him discussing thoughts of suicide around 1998 during a time of despair about the state of his marriage. In that same year, the Fishers sought marital counseling from the senior pastor. Fisher also confided in his co-workers about a one-night affair with a prostitute he met at a massage parlor. He worried that Mary might discover this encounter, which caused a urinary tract infection leaving him unwell for several days in December 2000. Wade Rensock, a former neighbor, attested to the turbulent nature of their marriage, characterized by constant screaming matches where Fisher's voice was notably absent. The arguments would often involve derogatory statements, such as Mary calling Fisher worthless and expressing regret over their marriage. Triple Homicide and Arson On April 9, 2001, a neighbor alerted the authorities about a loud argument originating from the Fisher residence at 10 p.m. Around 10 hours later, the house erupted in flames. The police speculated that the murders occurred between 9.30 p.m. and 10.15 p.m., at 10.43 p.m., Fisher was captured on an ATM camera, withdrawing $280, with Mary's Toyota 4Runner visible in the background. It is plausible that Fisher may have returned to the house later to commit the murders, but the police believe they had already transpired by that time since he used Mary's car, which he allegedly fled in. Mary Fisher suffered a gunshot wound to the back of her head, while Brittany and Bobby had their throats slashed from ear to ear. At 8.42 a.m., the house exploded, triggering immediate response from firefighters. The force of the explosion caused the front brick wall to collapse and rattled neighboring houses up to a half mile, 800 m, away in all directions. 
Before the firefighters arrived, concerned neighbors attempted to control the flames using garden hoses. The firefighters successfully prevented the 20-foot-high, 6M, blaze from spreading to adjacent houses. However, a series of smaller secondary explosions, likely caused by rifle ammunition or paint cans, forced them to maintain a safe distance. During the incident, one firefighter sustained minor injuries to his leg after losing balance and falling near the fire. The gas line connected to the house's furnace had been tampered with, leading to the accumulation of gas. Fisher allegedly lit a candle, waiting for hours until the gas built up and reached the flame. This delayed ignition provided him with an approximate 10-hour head start to elude law enforcement successfully. Investigators believe Fisher orchestrated the house explosion as an attempt to hide evidence of his crimes and potentially deceive the police into believing that he perished. In the aftermath, the charred bodies of Mary, 38, Brittany, 12, and Bobby, 10, were discovered in their bed. Investigators hypothesized that Fisher murdered his family out of fear triggered by Mary's intention to divorce him and his desire to spare Brittany and Bobby from experiencing a similar upbringing to his own. Investigation Fisher, the individual who went missing at the time the murders occurred, was identified as the prime person of interest in the case on April 14, 2001. Arizona Department of Public Safety officers issued a statewide bulletin instructing his arrest. On April 20th, the latest piece of tangible evidence regarding his whereabouts emerged when authorities discovered Mary's Toyota 4Runner in Tonto National Forest, near Young, Arizona, a hundred miles north of Scottsdale. Outside the vehicle, they found the family dog, Blue, in a hungry and agitated state, seeking shelter underneath the car. Inside the vehicle, there was an Oakland Raiders hat identical to the one Fisher wore in the ATM footage. Near the passenger door, a pile of human excrement was also found. Although a search was conducted in the immediate vicinity of the vehicle's location, only one out of many nearby caves was explored. These caves, forming a vast underground network extending miles beneath the surface, have led some experienced cavers to speculate that Fisher may have used them as a hiding place before escaping, taking his own life, or succumbing to low oxygen levels. Despite numerous visits to these caves by professional cavers in the years following the murders, no trace of Fisher has ever been found. The Toyota was discovered less than a mile from the Fort Apache Indian Reservation, an area that authorities failed to search. They followed a set of footprints that led onto the reservation, but found no evidence of Fisher. A couple reported sighting a man resembling Fisher walking along Young Road, near the location of the car, several days before its discovery. The woman allegedly remarked to her husband, that looks like Robert Fisher. However, they waited until after the vehicle was found to report this information. Lori Greenbeck, an acquaintance of the Fisher family, mentioned that her husband had gone camping with Fisher in the area where the truck was ultimately found, shortly before April 10th. She noted that her husband believed Fisher was scouting the region and was very familiar with it. On July 19th, a state arrest warrant was issued in Phoenix for Fisher, charging him with three counts of first-degree murder and one count of arson. Consequently, he was declared a fugitive and a federal arrest warrant was issued by the United States District Court for the District of Arizona, charging him with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, added Fisher to its 10 most wanted list on June 29, 2002, 
making him the 475th fugitive to be included. He was also featured on America's Most Wanted's Dirty Dozen and The Hunt with John Walsh, highlighting him as one of the most notorious fugitives. The FBI offers a reward of up to $100,000 for information leading to Fisher's capture. The FBI received numerous leads by April 2003, but all reported sightings of Fisher were inconclusive or false. Following Fisher's disappearance, several individuals in his old neighborhood claimed to have seen a man resembling him driving in the area. In February 2004, a person bearing a striking physical resemblance to Fisher was apprehended in Vancouver, Canada, by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. This individual had a missing tooth and a surgical scar on his back, similar to Fisher. However, their fingerprints did not match, and after about a week in custody, a relative positively identified him. Detective John Kirkham from Scottsdale dismissed speculation about altered fingerprints, stating that there were no scars suggesting such modifications. The person's identity was not disclosed. In 2012, the FBI alerted local law enforcement that Fisher might be residing near the location where Mary's car was found. In October 2014, a house in Commerce City, Colorado, was raided based on a tip suggesting Fisher was hiding there. Although two occupants were arrested, no trace of Fisher was discovered. In April 2016, FBI officials and Scottsdale police held a news conference on the 15th anniversary of the murders, where they presented age-enhanced photos of Fisher. On November 3, 2021, Fisher was removed from the FBI Top 10 Most Wanted list and replaced by Yulon Adonai Archaga Carayas the alleged leader of MS-13 in Honduras, becoming the 526th addition to the list. The FBI stated that despite the extensive publicity Fisher's case received during his nearly 20 years on the list, it had not resulted in his successful location or capture. However, Fisher remains a wanted fugitive. Theories and Speculation the alleged murders committed by Fisher and his subsequent disappearance have garnered significant attention, giving rise to numerous theories about his ultimate fate. Factors such as the considerable amount of time that has passed since his disappearance, the limited amount of money he was believed to have had, and his previous expressions of suicidal thoughts have led to speculation that he may have taken his own life or perished in the wilderness where Mary's car was found, with his body remaining undiscovered. However, there are those who disagree and believe that he likely survived, potentially starting a new life under a different identity. In this scenario, it is possible that he passed away after spending years as a fugitive without his remains being identified. If Fisher did manage to survive, it is speculated that he may have hitchhiked out of the area or received assistance from an accomplice. There is a theory suggesting that he could have utilized his survival skills to continue living in the Payson wilderness near where his wife's car was located. However, law enforcement officials and survival experts are skeptical of this possibility due to the challenges of finding sustenance and shelter in that environment, as well as the absence of any evidence indicating someone living in those woods. Detective John Heinzelman remarked, he could be living in a small town, working as a handyman and receiving cash payments. Alternatively, he could be blending in unnoticed in a big city. Another theory proposes that Fisher may have crossed the southern border of the United States, taking advantage of looser border security prior to the September 11th attacks. A hostile encounter in Guatemala in 2009 involving a man resembling Fisher adds to this speculation. 
Police have also considered the possibility that Fisher may have started a new family, citing concerns that he might eventually repeat the tragic events of his initial family's demise. This serves as one of the primary motivations for their continued search. However, some authorities have conceded that they may never uncover the truth about Fisher's whereabouts. Detective Heinzelman stated, Perhaps this is the closest we will get to knowing what happened, acknowledging that he did it, but never finding him again. FBI agent Bob Caldwell has provided insight into Fisher's personality and habits, characterizing him as arrogant, cocky, and a know-it-all, as well as a loner. Fisher is known to chew tobacco, particularly favoring the Copenhagen brand. While his appearance is described as average, he sometimes walks in an unusual, erect manner due to a back problem stemming from his previous injury as a firefighter. Fisher is an avid hunter and fisherman. He is considered to be armed and extremely dangerous, and has connections to both Florida and New Mexico.